24 hours a day you have, how much of the time you think about yourself and your father, your mother, or your family, your children? How much of the time you think about someone else in the neighborhood, in the slum, or in that village, or people who work with you? How much time you pray? Of that time of prayer, how much time do you pray and cry and weep for those around you that do not know about Jesus? They have no hope. They have no understanding. If I was to ask you to think of some examples of hate-filled actions and words, you probably don't have to think long and hard to come up with an answer, do you? But what if I was to ask you to point out examples of Christ-like compassion? I think you'd agree that that's in short supply these days, and it's desperately needed, I might add. Today on The Road to Reality, we'll see how to develop this compassion in our lives. Here's K.P. Yohannan. Turn your Bibles to the Gospel according to John, chapter 6. Here in chapter 6 of John's Gospel, we have the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. This is recorded in all the four Gospels, quite important um, event. Everything Christ did during his three and a half years of life, his priority was to train his disciples for them to become the kind of people that will change the world. It was not simply him passing on information or teaching on doctrines. Rather, if you read the four Gospels and see the kind of thing Jesus talked about, he never said, you know, don't believe like the Pharisees. Don't teach like the Pharisees. No, he said, don't be like them. Because they are the people who came to Christ not to find change in their own life, not for eternal life, not for God and him alone. They came for so many other things. And, and the Lord said that to them one time, you come after me for the miracles, the bread, and uh, the food, and all this stuff. And then you search the scriptures, you, you study and read and analyze and learn all the doctrines, and uh, you are so holy in your own sight who you are, but you never will come to me so that you may have life. While the scripture talks about me. That's what Jesus said. When you read the Bible, it's all about me, but you will never come to me. You only come to the information. You only come to the Bible. You only come to the doctrines. So Jesus compared this hypocrisy, shallowness, lack of reality in a tangible way by using a group of people, these Pharisees. And the Lord said, don't be like them. So whatever you read, the events that is recorded in the scripture, the Lord Jesus is using that to train his disciples to become the kind of people later who will change the world. And that is what it's all about. So when you go to the scripture, our primary attitude must be Lord what is it that you are 
telling me what are the things I must change in my life as you put more light upon my life and I see darkness, I see things I never saw before. Lord, change me. And, and so the word of God becomes light. And so we change. This is what we should be looking for. Those who go to the Bible to learn and get information, they will find it, but they will never change. And that is something that we need to keep in mind. So when we come to the Gospel of John chapter 6, as we participate in this event, this huge miracle, I mean, out of nothing, something so significant, can you imagine 5,000 men and all the women and all, everybody else there, and they have nothing to eat. And all of a sudden, a huge miracle takes place. Okay, let's look at these verses. John's Gospel, chapter 6, we'll read beginning with verse 5. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He, that is Jesus, asked this only to test him. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Eight months wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. Amazing. You read in other gospels a little more detail about, you know, the description of this, like Mark chapter 6, verse 32 on, you can read about that. So, uh, here is a scene. If you can just close your eyes and imagine this large field, plenty of grass like we have here in the compound. And 5,000 men and surely a lot more people. It's all there. It's a huge multitude. And they came after Jesus. Surely they didn't come after Jesus thinking that, oh, I'm hungry today. I'm going to get a lot of, you know, nice food. They came obviously to hear Jesus. They came obviously to be touched by him to meet their inner need, a healing or whatever else they were looking for. So many came because they heard through so many sources, this great man, this individual who says he's a Messiah, he's doing a lot of things. Out of curiosity, a lot of people came. People came after Jesus, truly a mixed multitude for so many reasons. I know people that listen to me over the radio, I mean, when I read those letters, you can uh, you know, just imagine the kind of people, lawyers, doctors, then housewives, teachers, then auto rickshaw drivers, taxi drivers, Adivasis, people who live in little huts up in the mountains. I mean, it's amazing, the cross-section of people that listen to the broadcast. 
the same with the television you know somebody asked me the other day you think people have television in all the house i said you know you can go to bombay sometime beggars are carrying television on their back i mean everybody is hooked you are all kind of people jesus had the same experience he was he was facing this multitude when he saw them it says that he had compassion he had feelings for them he knew their condition he didn't have to wait for one representative come and say hey jesus see all these people thousands of people they've been walking so many kilometers they're tired and worn out they can hardly walk can't you see these people carrying little babies all people they hardly can walk they're crawling i mean this is not fair you have to do something about giving them some help no there was no no one coming to jesus and says lord look at the great need no as a matter of fact the disciples of christ the people that should share the heart and emotions of jesus you see it is absolutely amazing they could be so close to him yet they didn't get the feelings the kind of thoughts christ is you know no entertaining they are saying well it's too many people here let them go home and and let them get something to eat it is too much of a problem they see this multitude as a problem rather than an opportunity the blind man cries out jesus please hey shut up you're creating too much problem for us they see the cries the tears the brokenness the blind the needy as a problem they can't see this as an opportunity but the son of god he is now having that feeling that that hurt Well, this is The Road to Reality with Brother K.P. Yohannan. We'll return to K.P. here in just a moment. You know, with Christmas rapidly approaching, perhaps you've been scurrying around looking for just the right gift for your loved ones. Well, today we'd like to ask you to consider giving a gift that has the power to really change a life forever. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Well, through GFA's Christmas Critter Campaign, families are being rescued from poverty and they're experiencing the love of Christ. On our website, you'll find quite a number of gifts that you can actually give to a poor and needy family in Asia. Gifts like goats, lambs, blankets, tool kits, a Jesus well, and more. Take a look at the Christmas gift catalog at roadtoreality.org. That's roadtoreality.org. You can also call us at 866-946-2742. That's 866-946-2742. And if you're in Canada, go to roadtoreality.ca or call 888-946-2742. Now with the rest of today's message called Compassion Like Jesus, here again is KP. In the Gospel of John chapter 4 you read another incident. It's not about multitude, it's not about 10 million people, 300,000 people or 5,000 people, no. Just one little woman who was used, abused and she comes to the well to draw some water. I remember the times I lived in North India for eight years and I remember especially the two years I lived in Rajasthan. No matter what village you go, 
there's a well there for the village and hardly I, I never can remember I, I I don't think I ever saw one lady just one woman coming with the water pot to draw water never it's always a group of them they'll be talking and laughing and gossiping about what's going in the community you know and they come but here all alone because people know her her reputation is not that great she's kind of living in the shadows only she knows the deep hurt and the pain she goes through somebody said it's hard enough to be married to one man and now it's not one two and three and four and five it just on and on you know we talk about spiritual things we sometimes forget the reality the harsh cold reality of humanness the flesh and blood we live with and jesus as a jew normally shouldn't go through samaria no he, he no they, they they find a roundaway about to go to jerusalem they will not they will not go through the or from there to the other they will not but it says he must go through samaria it was predestined it is a choice he made for what just for one woman that nobody cared for nobody understood nobody had any sympathy for nobody had any feelings for her only they thought about her body to use and abuse her for their lust but jesus knew about her and so he goes and he waits the disciples goes off to buy food but then when they come back christ being hungry and tired and weary now he loses his appetite he can't eat anymore if you really understand jesus there you will see the physical face to face encounter with this woman seeing the the scar the pain the endless agony he witnessed in her eyes began to cause pain in his heart and he lost his physical appetite so he tells the disciples i don't want any food that's exactly what it is you read there here is jesus seeing people whether it is 1000 or 100 or 10 million or 2 million or one individual he cares this is the nature of the lord jesus christ this is the nature of the father you want me to show you god the father he tells his disciples if you have seen me you have seen the father and we are told you aspire you long to be like your father in heaven see brothers and sisters we have a christendom a christian today that is so self centered all we can think about is me 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 mine as a matter of fact the exporting of the prosperity gospel from the united states of america the shallow plastic self centered to the extent it is satanic that is christ and god and the bible is for you to become healthy wealthy and wonderful and faith you must use to get what you want where do you find that in the bible 
So we have a Christianity that lives there in the town, in the city, in a village. They live in the bubble of their own creation, their world of me, mine, but never their heart break for the lost and suffering multitudes around them. Take, for example, the latest statistics you read about India, the slum dwellers, the thousands of leper colonies, the five million people live in the slums of Bombay. You know, the population of Canada is 26 some million people, something like that. Can you imagine you can take the slums of Calcutta and Bombay, you get the entire nation of Canada. Have you ever been to one of the slums of Bombay? I have. Because of stench, it's so unbearable. You feel like throwing up. I had to close my nose and walk through the slums because I couldn't take it. Who lives there? Rats? Snakes? Dogs? No, human beings, people. And God made these people in his own image. This is what we sometimes forget. Even Christ dying on the cross in the very last of the last seconds of his life, he is looking to the left, he is looking to the right, he is looking to the left, he is looking to the right, somehow to see if any sign of repentance from these criminals. It was appropriate. It was just for these two to be crucified in this manner. But not Jesus. In the midst of excruciating agony and pain, he's looking to see if he can save one more before he give up his life. And one says, Lord, Remember me when you come in paradise. And the Lord said, today you will be with me. What a way to take the worst scoundrel, a murderer, a thief, a reprobate. People shy away from that individual. They are rather stoned into death. Can you imagine the holy Son of God, the creator of the universe, says, I embrace you. Today, you are going to be with me. How much he cares about the lost and the suffering and the needy. So when you read a passage like this, it must make us to ask a question. Do I care about the people around me that are hungry, that are suffering, those beggars, those lepers, those precious children, not one or two, but millions, they're slaves to matchbox making factories. They're slaves to the owners who make those firecrackers. They never experienced childhood. They do not know what it means to be a child. You see, if Christianity is for me to make me a better person if that is the end of it oh my friends we have missed it the call of God when he gave to Abraham who became the father of faith which some of the dear friends now use 
his name. We are the children of Abraham. Therefore, we can claim to be rich and mighty. How foolish. Look about Abraham when God said, leave your father, mother, everything. Go to a place I will show you. He was giving up all the riches, all the glory, and everything he had in the ancient Ur of the Chaldeans. He left all, and then he said, yeah, God blessed him everywhere he went. Truly, he did, but what did God say to him? I will bless you and make you a blessing to others. We are blessed so that we can represent our loving Heavenly Father. We can represent the caring Christ to give, to help, to walk, to touch, to heal. And that is the goal. I want to ask you a simple question. 24 hours a day you have. How much of the time you think about yourself and your father, your mother, or your family, your children? How much of the time you think about someone else in the neighborhood, in the slum, or in that village, or people who work with you? How much time you pray? Of that time of prayer, how much time do you pray and cry and weep for those around you that do not know about Jesus? They have no hope. They have no understanding. Do you have a list of things that you pray for? Out of that, how many of those lists, those lines, those names, those requests represent somebody else? Or is it all about you? And the disciples must learn. This is the reason why Jesus said, unless you love me more than father, mother, son, and daughter, he didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. And your own life, you cannot be my disciple. It is not simply talking about self-denial. A lot of people out there, incredible Examples of self-denial. They don't have to be Christians necessarily. They give up their house, their clothes, their money, and their families and all that. I mean, they give up all this stuff. You know, they, they walk away from all these things. They don't care. But Christ is calling for something else. He's calling for denying ourselves. It is me seeing myself not as the most important person. But rather, I see I am only a means, a vessel to bless others. I don't hold myself, my reputation, my what I want as supreme importance, but somebody else. You've been listening to The Road to Reality with Brother K.P. Yohannan. We've been listening to a message called Compassion Like Jesus. You know, many in our world have lost sight of the true meaning of Christmas, but that doesn't have to be you. As we close, we'd like to encourage you to visit our website and look over some of the very special gifts that can really help a family break the cycle of poverty. And I should add, it also serves as a tangible expression of God's love to them. Consider giving gifts like farm animals or rickshaw, sewing machine, or Bibles. And as you do, you'll be giving a gift that God can use to change a life forever. It's easy to do online at roadtoreality.org. That's roadtoreality.org. 
You can also call us toll-free at 866-946-2742. That's 866-946-2742. In Canada, the number is 888-946-2742. Or simply go to roadtoreality.ca on the web. We'll finish up K.P. Yohannan's message, Compassion Like Jesus, next weekend on The Road to Reality. In the meantime, let's be looking for opportunity to share this compassion with those around us. 